Welcome back to Kane's Country Podcast. Last week we had a podcast, but it really wasn't a podcast. It was kind of um, a mix and mash of things that the players said on media day. So we kind of disguised that as a podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, I, I think it was a great listen. Yeah, I can't say I listened to it, but um, <laughs> I don't even know. listen to ours, to be honest with you. you. Do you go back and listen to ours? No, no, I don't like talk or I don't like listening to my voice. I don't. I don't either. I hate it. I don't either. I hate it's, it. I get self conscious because like, you always think you sound one way, and then you hear it, and you're like, "Wow, I sound like a loser or something." I don't well, know. We That's are how losers. I <laughs> we are losers. Um, yes. <laughs> we are. Um, so Justin Williams taking a break, the, the door remains open to a little midseason return action. If, if he wants to do that, uh, similar to the Mike Fisher thing a couple years ago in Nashville, or was that last year or two years ago? Um, that was what Nash. I'm sorry. Oh no. Yeah. That was, uh, two years ago, two years okay. ago. So, Okay. So that's that's when that was. Scott Niedermeyer did something similar after Anaheim won the Stanley Cup. He came back. That was like 11 years ago. So, Justin Williams taking a break. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you and I have spoken about, you know, the decision all this summer. And frankly, yeah, I, I think if he does decide this is the end, even though he, you know, phrased it as taking a break – if he doesn't decide this is the end, it was a perfect way for him to go out. He, he said they're done losing. He was a key factor in a playoff run, a long playoff run. And I think that, I mean, he was the perfect captain to be named after the atrocious co-captain idea. Um, I, I think Justin Williams means a lot to this team. Um, but I think he's not necessarily an, a necessary asset this season. Um, especially with the added depth. I think if you take him out of the picture last year, which you and I at the beginning of last season, we were we were all anti Justin Williams and we we were wondering, yeah, should it have been the end the past off season? Yeah. But he put together of I believe a fifty point season or something like yeah. that and had a great playoffs. So um it's a loss from a leadership standpoint for sure. I think there's definitely players offensively that can step up and fill the void. Um, but, I mean, you know, having that kind of guy around the locker room, you know, especially with the way other players have, have spoken about him, I mean, it, it means a lot. But, um, you know, with the taking a break aspect, maybe it does leave it open for a midseason return. Um, but if not, if this is the end, then, you know, you can only be happy for what was an outstanding career. For sure, you know this is more of a loss on the leadership front than the production front because, like you said, they've added a bunch of players over the off season, and I think they're going to be fine with regards to just playing the game. Obviously, I think it's different from the leadership standpoint. Like you said, uh, if if he does decide to come back, I think Rod Brindamore would love that, and I think that they would take him. Obviously. If not, um, then that's fine, I guess. I I talked about uh, how I think the Hurricanes do need him from a leadership perspective. I still think that. 
I don't think they're going to crash and burn by any means without him. But I think that his leadership presence would have been really good for another year. And it still could be if he does decide to come back. Uh, imagine at the trade deadline, they add Justin Williams. Like that would be a legitimate addition via a trade deadline type of deal. And it would be a situation where he's so familiar with the team already. It's just like adding Justin Williams back. Obviously, he needs to get in the game shape and all that. But, you know, that, that possibility is still there. So, yeah, no no arguments from anyone. The, uh, the second half he had last season, I will never understand how he did that. Yeah. yeah. How old he looked in the first half. Like, it's one of the most unbelievable things I've seen. In it was a big turnaround. Like, it, yep. It's it was amazing how he turned around, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. And I think he's probably tired as hell from that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think yeah. he deserves all the time he needs to rest and make the decision he wants to make when the time comes. Uh, speaking of time coming, <laughs> the Hurricanes spent a lot of time with Cam Ward as their goalie. Uh, he signed a one day contract. He called it quits. Uh, that was a little bit before the Justin Williams announcement. We're not going to dwell on this oh so much, but Cam Ward retired as a Hurricane. Thoughts on Cam Ward, Justin? Tell me about Cam Ward. I have hot takes. So oh buckle no, in. I didn't. So expect, buckle I, in. I really, I didn't expect that, but we're we're going buckle there. in. I expected um, this to be like 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. Cam Ward's great moving on. But we All have right, hot moving takes on, on, moving Cam on. Ward. There's more to cover. No, Wait, no. Get, get a load of this. Hot takes on Cam Ward. This is the, this is the only is place new. you're going to get it. So, this is new. Yeah. Justin, go ahead. Um, From a personal standpoint, I mean, I, I met him a few times, and then I know a lot of people can only speak he's highly a, of him. He's a close personal friend of the podcast. Yeah, close. Close personal friend. We're gonna have him on next week. Actually, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, especially know after that. this hot take that you have. Cooking, yeah, so. we're only talking about his wine, though. We're not allowed to talk about his career. So, <laughs> um, anyways, no. I mean, yeah. From a community standpoint, he did a lot. You know, with Cam's champs, and um, you know, just as a as a guy, he was always very friendly and and stuff like that. Um, but from a playing standpoint, I think. That I mean, he he is the best goaltender this franchise has ever had, um, and, and that's low not, bar. Yes, as as well. Yes, that is a low bar to reap. Yes, he is. He's obviously a champion. How? I don't even. Okay, am I good now? Yes. All right, we marked. Yeah. All right, three, two, one. He is a Stanley Cup champion. He is a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. And 06 wouldn't have been possible without him for sure. Um, you know, the the years following it is where he got a lot of slack from fans. Um, and I think that, you know, 09, he was stellar there too. With that playoff run, probably wouldn't have been done without him as well. Um, but, you know, a mixture of Jim Rutherford and you know, what Peter Kamanos was willing to spend, there were some rough teams in front of him. Um, you know, he still ended up hitting 300 wins with the Hurricanes, and, you know, that's nothing to, you know, dismiss at all. Or even as a goaltender in the league, getting 300 wins is an accomplishment. So, um, 
you know, the the number one question, yeah, will be will number thirty be retired? I believe it absolutely should be. Um, you know, especially retiring as a hurricane. Um will there definitely be goalies after him to end up being better than him? Sure. Um, but you know how I feel about another number we have retired. I think um, I'm going with this. Oh, no, stop it. Don't even get get into that right now. We we're leaving Glenn Wesley out of this conversation. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, it's not like you know, the, as a one franchise, of the most disrespectful things you've ever said on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, as a franchise, you know, only being 22 years old, it's not like we we have truly had legends come through. Despite you know, I mean, Francis obviously and Rod Bridger to an extent are both like at least franchise legends. But you know, I, I think our bar for retiring. <laughs> It, it's not there. I don't think – do you think Eric Stahl gets that? I don't think he gets that treatment. He, uh, You know, back half of his career, he's been gone. He was only with us for what? He was eight, here as long what, as eight, Cam nine, ten was, seasons? right? I mean – I don't was, know. The time spent, I mean, it's the same. But Eric Stahl's not retiring at age 33 or 34, however old Cam Ward is. Yeah. But um, no, and I think – I think if look if this was where my hot take was going, so so buckle in. This is really rough. Right. Um, if Cam Ward played in front of the defense that the Hurricanes currently have, he would have been a lot better off. But if you look at some sure. of the teams that that were put in front of him, Yaroslav Spachek. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry I had to slander him, but it was just the Yaros. first name. Wow. <laughs> it was just the first name that came to mind. Mike Comserick. I mean, just some of the just yeah, I, even I'm going to throw John Michael Lyles in there too. No, no, don't yes, do that. Yes. I'm John doing Michael that. Lyles, he was good. He was solid. He was solid, he was but he sol- wasn't There are so many other Look, places you could have gone with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jordan, I know. You could have gone with Jay Harrison, Brett Delmore. Har- Jay Harrison, yep. Yep. Don't, so no. Don't What I'm John saying Michael is John Michael Lyles. How dare is, you, sir? Is is just like he was you know. All right, all right, all right. That is enough. That is enough. It's it's enough out of you. Is what I right. think it's enough of. Brett, just let me get to my last right. point, and I swear you can't just come on here and disparage John Michael Lyles. I loved John Michael Lyles. Listen, we all know he's handsome, okay? But he's you so know, handsome. but he's yeah, also he was good. I am jealous of that man. He is extremely handsome. I think you're just uh, angry at him for how handsome he is. Yeah, that's probably it. But anyways, <laughs> as I'm saying, like. I think that he got kind of some unnecessary hate, but you have to look at the teams that were in front of him. And at the end of the day, he shouldn't be judged on that. I think that he achieved what he could achieve as a Carolina Hurricane, and I I, I think that, yes, it should be worthy of consideration that his number should be retired. Okay. Uh, so, So you're saying yes to the number retirement? Yes. Okay. Maybe another jersey that will get retired one day. Number <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, speaking of such, speaking of bad defensemen who have played in front of Cam Ward, Tomas Caberlet for like 30 minutes. Do you remember that? Yep. Remember when I they do. signed him when, after Boston won the Cup and Tomas Caberlet was a hurricane for literally two minutes. You want to know who else wore number 51? We've... Name dropped a few times. Yeah, there really? we go. Really? Oh, I, I didn't realize you were talking about Jeff. I, wow, Jeff Hamilton. Jeff Hamilton. That's a throwback if oh, I've ever man. seen one. That dark visor. He had that big leg kick on the slap shot. 
Man, he had a he had a cannon from the Just point. one season, twenty four points in fifty eight games. Man, that he had a he had a bomb from the point. Anyway, in the next fifty one, this was shocking. Okay, like when I saw Jake Gardner got signed, yeah, that was shocking. Wow. Oh yeah, for sure. So, four years, four point zero five million AAV. That's more than reasonable. He had 30 points last year in 62 games. The season before, he played the full season, had 52 points, 47 assists. Um, Yeah, this was just totally surprising and just a delightful thing to see randomly on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the my initial thought was, oof, actually, uh, because of his back injury. Um, I didn't know if that was where that was at or, or whatever, but then it seems like he addressed it um, and and said that it scared a lot of teams off. But, um, you know, from I think more or less you're replacing the loss of Calvin DeHaan with a player that is comparable to him defensively, but even better offensively. Um, I mean, he's kind of been the number two guy in Toronto behind Morgan Riley for you know the past few seasons and yeah four four years four million aav i mean that's that's pretty good value for for a guy like him who as people are saying on a shorter term yeah you could in a one or two year deal yeah that average annual value could go up at six or seven and that is something the hurricanes could definitely not afford given their salary cap situation um but with the addition of gardner this does make their salary cap situation a little more grim, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I love it. I think it's a great move. I think it's exactly what the Hurricanes have been doing to date. And I think that Don Waddell, Eric Tolsky, the front office, they deserve a lot of credit for what they've been doing. Um, they've, they've gone to places where the market value is for what they're paying and what they're giving up, they're taking advantage of the market and they're getting value in places that I guess a lot of other teams aren't willing to get value, which is shocking because Gardner is worth a four by four contract. Uh, He's a top four defenseman. He's a power play quarterback. He is all of those things. And that, that, that seems like a no brainer. I mean, you, it's it's just kind of it's weird how the NHL works sometimes. Like you like these deals finally get made, and you're like, why didn't another team do that? Uh, we there were reports today that Montreal wanted Jake Gardner, so I thought that was funny. How <laughs> yeah, how Gardner picked Carolina over Montreal. Just a just an interesting turn of events there. Um, so I mean, there were other teams that wanted Gardner. Uh, Carolina got him. It's a great fit, and wow, that's like that's a serious, serious addition. It's like the Calvin DeHaan addition last year, except instead of a penalty killer defense guy, you're getting an offensive guy, power play guy, which Carolina needs after how bad that power play was late last year. And you know, you, it, it's great. I think it's a good deal. It makes a lot of sense. Tom Dundon's willing to spend money on areas that they don't necessarily need, but I mean, Jake Garner makes any decor in this league better. So 
that works. And as it stands right now, Carolina has the best decor in the league. I, 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 th- I think it's safe to say. I, I don't even think it's – I think that Gardner signing really I – mean, come on. And then you look, you have Jake Bean and Prisky and all those people, uh, all those guys in the wings. It's, it's really impressive. And maybe one of those guys will get a chance to play because today – after the Gardner signing, I think this all makes sense because the first thing I thought of was, or after Gardner got signed, the first thing I thought of was, there's too many. There's too many again. There's there's five. We got rid of the problem of too many defensemen when we got rid of Han. Now we have that problem again. Admittedly, a good problem. But now it looks like Justin Falk's days in Carolina are numbered. Now let me, now stop me if you've heard that one before. Please do. <laughs> Because it's definitely uh, something that's been talked about a lot over the past few years. But we've never reached this point in the Falk trade rumors. We've always heard that there have been teams interested. Carolina's talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Uh, The deadline passes. Okay, never mind. We're not going to do that. So today, very specific reports were made. So Elliot Friedman reported that the Anaheim Ducks are in trade talks for Justin Falk. And Luke DeCock added later that the Hurricanes have been interested in Andre Cachet. And that that's not new. Carolina has been interested in him for a long time. And maybe they're going to get him in the Falk trade. Maybe not. Um, what are your thoughts on all of the Falk stuff going on today? Um... I think it's it 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 became apparent that he was going to be the the odd man out when we saw the Jake Gardner deal. Um, I think you'd be foolish, obviously, to move Jacob Slavin. You would never do that. Um, Dougie Hamilton, despite you know people saying what they want to about him, I don't think that would be wise. And Brett Pesci really shouldn't be going anywhere either. Um, and then it's just became the point that, yeah, I mean, the salaries just weren't matching up, and Justin Falk became expendable. Um, in a Wait, better situation... Let something real quick. So this just got tweeted out. This is Elliot Freeman on Sportsnet 960. Uh, Anaheim is on Falk's no-trade list. Anaheim is willing to do the deal with or without an extension. Friedman thinks the deal goes through if Falk gets the extension he wants, and that it might even go through if there isn't an extension involved. He added that Luke DeCox report about Andre Cachet, he said it could very well be the case, but he's unsure of the stuff going on with the return. An interesting tidbit, uh, Falk wants an AAV in the mid to high sixes on his next contract. Um, and then he added that Tom Dundon uh, has made it very clear that they're not willing to pay high salaries for executive coaches and scouts uh, they've got a really smart and analytics guy in Eric Tolsky, who we love around here. And I think everybody loves Eric Tolsky, who has a lot of say in that kind of stuff. So, um, it looks like it could happen. Yeah, it's, it's getting close. Um, it probably, this podcast may even be dated by the time we put it out tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, so if you, if this Falk trade has gone through, our analysis is here. And yes. then we just we will just insert something, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Anyways, um, yeah, no, I think 
this is this is interesting. I think it's more surprising that Anaheim is on Falk's no trade list. I, I think if I was a player, wouldn't you want to go to California? I mean, yeah, the state of the Ducks isn't great, but I don't know. That's Here's just surprising. Um, Justin Falk will be a UFA after this season, so he's going to get a big deal from someone, and I, it's not going to be from Carolina. That those contract talks ended quickly. They are not going to give him what he wants. That's fine. He can ask for whatever he wants. Carolina has the right to say no, especially when they have the decor that they have. And no one in their right mind would make Justin Falk the highest paid defenseman on that team, on this Carolina Hurricanes team. There's just no way. Because right now he's the fifth best defenseman on the team, in my opinion. Maybe fourth. Um, so... Justin Falk is on a contract year. Who would you rather play in a contract year? Would you rather play for Anaheim or Carolina? I think you'd rather play for Carolina if you're falling. Yeah. And yeah. another thing about it, and, and, and that changes if Anaheim's willing him willing to give him like $7 million a year. If that's the case, then yeah, Falk will go to Anaheim for sure. But if he doesn't want to be in Anaheim long-term or he doesn't get the deal that he wants in Anaheim – then pretty much what it is is you're going to a worse team for a year and then you're going somewhere else. Like you're going to the other end of the country, to the West Coast, right? So you're there yeah. for a year with a bad team or maybe an okay team, maybe, and then you go elsewhere. And I think he has a better chance of putting up numbers in Carolina than Anaheim, potentially. Um, and I think, I, I think part of it's emotional too, right? Like he's been here through all the bad years. And when the Hurricanes were bad, he was good, right? So he was one of the very few things on the Hurricanes that were redeemable. So uh, I do think he gets too bad of a rep in some cases. However, I do think that he's far from irreplaceable, right? So it's it's an interesting thing. And, you know, Falk stuck through all the bad years, and now they're finally good. They make their first playoff run, and now he's being asked to wave his no trade clause to go to the other side of the country for a worse team. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But you don't see him getting like a, a seven year or eight year deal, do you? I think he'll get maybe five years, six point seven five a year. I mean he's gonna get money. It sounds yeah, I like just Anaheim don't... is willing yeah. to give him the money. Too. Yeah, but I just wonder if he's willing to go long term with Anaheim, especially given the state that they're in. As I told you, wasting John Gibson's prime, but you know, that's just another uh that's just for another for podcast. One for one. Oh. <laughs> I told you we would get him. I told you. It was just a matter of time. Speaking of which, the NHL's ranking and putting Gibson at tenth is absolutely robbery. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's top three, if not top one. <laughs> I agree. He's way just because he's on a bad team doesn't mean he's bad. That's just Absolutely. like Justin Falk. You know, he was on a bad team, but he was good. He has like one of the best save percentages through the first few seasons of his career. Like, like among yeah, and like the history of the franchise or or like part of the league. I think yeah. since the expansion era, like That's he's really one. legit. So I don't know, but yeah, he doesn't get the respect he deserves for sure. Um, but yeah, I think 
I think you try to get the best you can out of this deal. Given more salary cap space, I think you could ask for a lot more for a right-handed defenseman that for this I mean, season if, alone is cost-effective. If, if it's Andre Cache coming back for Falk, that's a robbery for Carolina. Yeah, I, like in every sense of the word. Cache is great. I mean, really, I, really good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But if 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 that is not the case, even though it has been reported, if that's not the case, I think you just try to get the best you can. Um, sure. You have to free up space. You want to have at least a little leverage, whether that's for a Williams return or if that's for, you know, maybe a deadline deal that could put them over well, the top. Would you, would you trade Falk for picks? Would you do that? <sighs> See, I'm not sure if I would. You know, then I saw this point brought up on Twitter the other day. I think, yeah, you would take it for picks if you thought they were going to then do something with those picks down the line. But they've literally basically have gone to the table. Well, they'll do something with the picks. The, they'll, they'll, they'll trade, trade, them, for they'll trade them for more picks. You exactly. see? <laughs> and, yeah, I think, I think we've seen that over the past, like, three years of just – stockpiling picks or we're like oh yeah i mean they they can flip that and get a top you know now they have two first they can definitely flip it and get a top nine forward or something like that it, it's not a guarantee so I, I don't know if i would give them straight for picks but yeah if kashi is the case that he's coming back that's a great deal I'd pull the trigger on that in a second yeah people think but, very highly of that guy if that's not the case like don't freak out if it's kind of a jeff skinner return i i i, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out in that case because in this case, you if you don't retain salary, it's okay. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. But, yeah, I, mean, I think I that's think, what they're uh, probably looking for is to not retain any salary. I mean. Fred, do you want to know who has weighed in on this potential Falk deal? I, I don't even want to know. NHL by Maddie. Oh, my God. Are you ready to hear <laughs> oh, what he said? no. If Ducks get Falk, they can play him with Fowler or Lindholm with Manson, the other right shot D in top four. Pretty solid. If it's Cache who's going, they have prospects Max Comtois and Troy Terry to take his place at much lower money than Cache's 2.6 mil. Those are... <laughs> those are words in a tweet. Those are factual statements, you know? <laughs> that's, like, that's like a Magic Johnson tweet. It's like, yes... Uh, $900,000 is lower money than $2.6 million. These are factual things he's saying. Yeah. And that's good for him because a lot of times he's not tweeting factual things at all. So he's improving. Um, you know, I mean, if if you play Falk with Fowler or Lindholm, I mean, that's, a, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And if he takes a short-term deal, it, all, it playing with Fowler or Lindholm only improves his value even more. So maybe he'll be one of those... Yeah people to get ridiculous money at I mean, maybe, age 30 or something like the western conference is like the stone ages of hockey right like especially the pacific it's like they're still playing in the 1980s so meanwhile the east is faster and ahead of the game with regards to you know realizing that it's about youth and speed like because people because teams out in the west for years tried to catch up with chicago and la by getting bigger and bigger and asserting themselves and all that stuff and now that the game's speeding up, they're they're slower. So maybe Falk can go to the West and do well. You know, like like maybe Falk goes out West and is on a D pairing with like Hampus Lindholm, and he racks up fifty points. 
because he's getting a lot of minutes and he's able to do more offensively. And he's playing with like Ryan Getzlaff and whatnot. Like I could see that being a possibility too. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it could work out for both teams if they did that trade, but I think the Hurricanes would be getting a very good player in Andre Caché. Um, sure. But yeah, I think those were really good words by NHL, by Maddie. I think yes. he's Always very, a lot very enlightening. Very good points. We'll have him on the podcast next week. So Absolutely. him and Cam Ward next week on the podcast. <laughs> but Cam Ward only to talk about the wine. He, no, he'll no, talk about the wine and he'll get the hell out of here. And then we're going to talk real hockey with Jim Matheson. There we go. Um, wow. So the prospect showcase is a thing that's happening this year. It's no longer the Traverse City tournament. It's not even a tournament, actually. It's just a showcase. You're there. It's literally just three games. It's not even a tournament like Traverse City. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good to see the prospects play and, they're one and one at the moment. They play their final game tomorrow, Tuesday, which is the day this podcast comes out. So good, good prospect performances. Prisky looks good. Bean looks good. Quokinen looks good. They all need to look good. They're better than everybody in that tournament. They should be, and they look like they are. Suzuki had five points yesterday, which was wild, and uh, good for him. Luostarinens looked good, and half the half like all the other players are invites. So there's not much yeah. really reason in that one. Yeah, um, I've seen people ask why there's so many invites, and the answer to that is a lot of Carolina's draft picks over the past few years have been NCAA college players and European professional players. So they are not permitted even to play in these tournaments. Uh, you have to be under contract with the team or be a, like a junior invite or an overager in college, you know, whatever. Um, so European players are off in Europe playing, and college players are getting ready for their college seasons. Yeah, yeah. Prospects. Um, Gotta love them. That's that's, you know what? Yeah, you you gotta love them. And um, Uh, one quick note though on on Quokinen, it's something I wrote. The the point I made to him or to what his season should be is he's gonna have to step up um, for sure. And I know that's tough to ask somebody coming off a major injury that knocked him out of the back half of last season, Um, but. You know, behind Andrew Podorowski, Kwokunen was the number two scorer in most cases, and so was Lucas Walmark when he was still down with the Checkers. So with both of them gone, with Podorowski now in Anaheim and, you know, Walmark with the Canes, obviously, Kwokunen, yeah, he's going to have to do some heavy lifting um, if that team wants to get back to the playoffs. Uh, as I said in, in, in some previous articles that, you know, the, some of those good names like Suzuki and stuff, they're not going to be there next year. So um, I think, yeah, he's going to have to do some heavy lifting and, and, and probably lead the team once again. So him ha- showing up for, you know, a good game two in the in the prospect showcase was, was nice. Looks good. He looks comfortable. He looks he looks like Yanni Kokin, and that's good. And it's, he's still so young. He's still like 20. <laughs> It's yeah. wild because he seems like in. he's been there a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's crazy how young he still is, and he's still a guy that I'm high on, and I think it's going to be an NHL player. But, um, yeah, I think that does it for the hockey stuff in the podcast. You want to talk football for like two minutes? Let's do it. Um, all right. So just so we're clear on this, I'm a Panther fan. Uh, Justin's not. He's a Giants fan. And, yeah. Um, you want to talk about? that lost to the Cowboys a little bit for me. Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a long season. 
I think. Uh, but Panthers there's loss was more painful. I think. Uh, but, but come on, you can't. I think the thing is, is Panthers fans always seem to have ridiculous expectations. They They're expect not ridiculous to expectations. There. That team is good. All right? They That's expect to go out there and be sixteen and zero. Excuse me, if the Rams they almost were that up one season. Automatic they w. almost were that one season. Yeah, they were fifteen and one. Yeah, you guys are still holding on to that year, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> they might go. They can still go fifteen and one this year too. As a matter of fact. Anyways, no, I mean, obviously, here's a little uh, fantasy football inside information for you. You should have Saquon Barkley on your team. You should have Christian McCaffrey on your team. Pretty great get. Pretty great get. Uh, No, I think Giants, uh, I spoke to you about this right before the podcast, but I think I will have it in audio recording so I can be judged. I think they will go 6-10. and I know that's, like, not exciting or anything, but... Greg McCaffrey will not be on the team... And you were right. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Rangers now. Yeah. Wow. I still can't believe he got another contract. Like, like it's good. What? It's a one-way deal, right? Wasn't it a one-way deal? It's not two-way. I think it's a one-way deal. That's why I was shocked he got this one-way deal. (laughs) I mean, he was good. He scored a goal in the playoffs. He scored a goal on Robin Lehner. I was at the game covering it. It was a goal where Laner just totally missed the puck. Like it, like it was just sitting in the crease, and he was looking around for it. Yep, it's a one-way deal. So good wow. for him. That's, that's amazing. That's, I mean, it's somewhat shocking, but I mean, he earned it. Okay, here's a quick question to leave us with. Uh, that is football and hockey related. Who in the league would be most likely to pull an Antonio Brown? Come on, that's a good question, all right? I, I don't I, know if it's a good question. It's just that I'm thinking about it because I don't know if there's an answer. I think there is. Is there? Yes, but it's not like a big-name player. <laughs> I don't know why it popped into my head, but Chris Kreider, maybe? Why Chris Kreider? <laughs> I just feel like he's crazy, and then, like, I don't know. I just feel like he's a villain. He has crazy eyes, kind of. He does. Saku Maybe Main Brad Alignan. Marchand? Saku Mainalainen. <laughs> you know what? That's my answer. Saku Mainalainen. Even though technically he doesn't even have a contract. so Yeah. So I don't know what he could really We're gonna demand. We're going to have to find out what's going on with him because training camp starts Thursday. And I'll be there. And I better see Saku Mainalainen there. If we All don't, I'm going to have some problems. So on the next podcast, we hear... I, I sw- if, if I'm not asking Saku Mainalainen questions after day one of training camp i'm gonna be upset what, what are you even there for if we're being honest uh, if, uh, if if saku's not there then why am i there why yeah. is anyone there just go yeah. home Let's go home season's over Don't season's canceled season's canceled um so we will hear more from you about the training camp of course uh but that seems to do it for this episode of the canes country podcast you can follow us at Canes Country on Twitter and at Canes Country Picks, P-I-X, on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook and always read all of our stuff at CanesCountry.com. And why the heck not? Why don't we plug SB Nation, SBNation.com. Sometimes they got good stuff on there. Sometimes. They do. Yeah. 
All right, very good. That's a good, good ending to the podcast. All right, have a good, have a good week, everybody. Talk to you next week.